verse 1. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, least by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. I want to look at uh, one verse here. God speaks to us in many ways, but here in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27, God said that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. The Lord Jesus compares the born-again child of God to his bride. Instead of a sinner or a saint, we are invited to not just attend the wedding, but to be the bride. The most intimate and close of relationships is that of a marriage. The best love stories are about two people falling in love and living happily ever after. Well, as much as we all know there is a wedding, there is a more important wedding in the near future as well. And I want to know, are you going? And not just going, but are you going to be in it. The message is engage to Christ Jesus. I want you to know that as a member of his kind of church, as a faithful Christian, a faithful pastor, I've been invited to the wedding. I've been invited to the wedding. And some may be thinking, well, all of God's people are invited to the wedding. I don't have the time this afternoon to wait, but if you want to pick out a day, I'll come and I'll let you show me where that is in the Word of God. God is not there. His bride is the church. It's the church making herself ready 
Church is not the building. It's the membership of Ammon Road Baptist Church and all independent missionary Baptist Bible-believing churches. I don't argue with anybody anymore about it. I just simply, as I've done for the last three or four years, we'll sit down, just me and you and the King James Bible, and you show me where I'm wrong, and I'll show you where you're wrong. There's no brag, nothing. I did the same thing with the Church of Christ that my ex-son-in-law, he wanted to bring his pastor and his dad and all the friends to prove to me that the Church of Christ was the church that Jesus built. He was awful nice. He said, you can bring anybody you want to. I said, no, it'll be just me. One stipulation. We all use the King James Bible. I will not debate anybody that uses a perverted version. Not ashamed to say that, or so it's my conviction. Engage to Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. One through three, as we read, God said, Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, least by any means, as the servant beguile Eve through his subtlety. So, your mind should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. Right now, the bride and the groom are to be separate. Do you know a couple that are engaged? And they're sleeping together on a regular basis. Neither the bride's family nor the husband's family. No. Groom, not husband now. Groom, have no problem with it. After all, you know what the Bible teaches? When you, when a man and woman get, have an imitative relationship, they're married. I said, well, bless your heart. I've been preaching 50-some years. I've never seen that. Would you show that to me? I'm still waiting. No, when a man and a woman have sex before marriage, they have committed spiritual adultery. If a married couple has sexual relationship with somebody else, they have committed spiritual adultery, adultery, and fornication. So if we had that concept, we wouldn't take it as, well, this is normal. I mean, after all, preacher, there, she's 16, he's 17. You know, what do you expect? I expect if they're 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever age they are, if they've been taught the word of God to show some reverence to the Lord. I'll always remember this day. 
the lady over here, the lady over there. Her father was in the hospital. Y'all remember me coming up there? Because everybody caught it. I had one shoe of one kind, another shoe of another kind. That's all they seen was that I had on two different shoes. Not that I hurried to the hospital, but as I came out the door, there's a car parked over here. And I ran over here, and little boy and little girl, they were, you know, what did you do, preacher? I opened the door, I pulled him off, and then I throwed him over top of that car. He said, that was wrong. Guilty. Man that don't have any more respect for God and his church and to do that at the front door of a Baptist church. Somebody got to make a stand. Then I went on to the hospital and did my duty. There are certain things that we do. There are certain things that we believe. God said, right now the bride and groom are to be separated. That's what Luke 5, 35 and other scriptures tell us. You know, that we are to... uh, just because you're engaged, you've got a ring on your finger. That doesn't make it all right for you to commit adultery or fornication, whichever the case may be. God said in Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, and I believe it's around verse 35, where he said, but the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. It was a greater sin in the Bible times where, you know, when somebody committed a great sin, it was a sin of great magnitude in the church, they would fast. What did Baptists do if there's a problem in the church? We need to have a fellowship meal so we can eat and talk about it. No, what we ought to do is get together and pray about it. Right now, the bride and the groom are to be separated, soon to be married. She is to be making herself ready. This time in her life, she is spoken for. Nobody else should be in her life. What does God say? Well, in 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I believe around verse 4, it says, In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. See, when someone differs with anybody, and that person said, I'll... Let's go to God's word. Now, you believe what you want to believe, and I believe what I want to believe. Who has this spoken? A person, he may be right, he may be wrong, but it doesn't make any difference because he's been baptized. Your parents have the responsibility to prepare you in the following ways. Prepare you for one mate, one husband, 
not for divorce court. Keep you from running your purity, tell you to be at home at a certain time and get rid of bad music executives. Oh, yeah, I know. When I dated my wife, I had to have her home at 10 o'clock. I realized that means I'd pick her up at 6. We have 6 to 10 to do whatever we wanted to. But it makes the parents feel good. Instead of checking out that guy, checking out that girl. Boy, I'm silent in here. Maybe I'm the only one that believes this. I'm still going to preach it. Prepare you for one mate, one husband, not for divorce court. To keep you from running your purity, tell you to be at home at a certain time and get rid of all that stupid influence. You know. The same is true with your pastor. That's why preaching is a warning and yelling and making sure you understand the command of God. Notice in Hebrews. I want you to see it in God's word, not just from the pulpit. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. A parent don't tell the child not to do something because they want to make their life misery. They care for your soul. For they watch for your soul so that they must give an account. Oh man, this will close it up. So that they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Parenthood is a grave responsibility. When I lived down on 2nd Street next to the little church building that we first went to, 3 o'clock in the morning, I heard this noise. About a five, six, seven-year-old kid walking down 2nd Street. What kind of parent going to let a child walk out? So you know what happened. The word got out. You don't want to go down there to Calvary, that's what we were called then, Calvary Baptist Temple. If that pastor sees you doing something you shouldn't do, he'll call the police on you. No, I didn't call the police on it. I just found out where the child was living at and took him home. What kind of parent will let a kid out in the street? But when I got to the home, they were out of it. They didn't care 
Didn't he know where they had a kid? That child should be taken away from that home until that home straightens up. That wasn't in the message. That's why preaching, warning, and yelling, time we'd, we'd get a little loud, we'd get a little, said, you know, he's really into it. I, I'm not, I love children. And the parents of the day, it says like preachers. We'll do anything as long as we can get the number. Not this one. Not this one. But I'm find you one. You want to do away with Wednesday night? You want to do away with Sunday school? You want to bring in a rock band? There's preachers that will do that for you. And if you tolerate it a little while, you find out that's not bad. Look at our crowd. We need to understand that God tells us, you know, nobody else should be in her life. The time in her life she is spoken for. The local church is spoken for. The local Baptist church is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I, somebody wants me to come to their house and talk to them, well, you know, uh, uh, we got a cousin. They got seven, eight kids. They're in church every Sunday. I know where they go. They go to the Church of Christ. The Church of Christ is not a church. And if you want to debate that, brother, I'll sit here with you. Because let me tell you what a Church of Christ preacher told me. It was the ark. Didn't save those people. The water did. Is that all you got to offer? The main thing is for you to be baptized. You baptize a lost man when he comes out of the water, he's still lost. Prepare you for one mate, one husband, not for divorce court. To keep you from running your purity, tell you to be at home at a certain time, get rid of that bad stuff, your, your music or whatever it is, so that one day they can present to your husband or wife and be ready to, for life together. The same is true with your pastor. That preaching is warning, that yelling, and making sure you understand the, the commands of God. And what he said here, as we read in Hebrews 13, verse 7, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith followed considering the end of their conversation. 
That's way of life. This is the dressing room for glory. I don't understand a man, woman, boy, girl that profess to be saved and they say, I'm going to heaven. Well, you won't have different channels, different rooms you can go into. It'll be one. And those people that are in these false denominations need divorce. Well, I don't want everybody mad at me. It ain't bad I you get used to it. Ain't bad. You got to stop believing what you believe to have that person as a friend. Don't need those kind of friends. I love my family. Only one time did they show up on Sunday morning. What did you do, Pastor? I said, hey, there's uh, food in the refrigerator. We don't find that in the pantry. So help yourself. I'll be back at the church. You know what? They never showed up again on Sunday. You know what? They were mad at me for a while. I'd rather have my whole family mad at me than have God mad at me. Example of an engagement is Joseph to Mary. They were a spouse to be married, which means they were ready to be married just waiting on the day to come. It's amazing to me how many women is pregnant and already showing when they finally decide to get married. And what makes me even more upset is that a Baptist family and the husband and wife, the mom and the dad is backing it up. You do that. That's your business. Not me. Not me. Because I want a seat in the bride of Christ. I want to be close to the Lord. Because I'm going to spend eternity up there. Besides, if you get mad at me for preaching the truth, you ain't mad at me. You're mad at what God said. The Joseph and Mary was espoused to get married. They were only for each other. At least Mary was a virgin, and probably Joseph was a virgin as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that, but they kept themselves pure. When Mary got pregnant, it really upset Joseph because of godly jealousy. That's what the Holy Spirit feels about us. As we go through each day struggling with sin and end up committing it. God hates three sins, which include the involvement with a person getting prepared for marriage. Physical adultery. Exodus twenty fourteen. Virtual adultery. You know what virtual adultery is? Well, you watch that filth on your 
iPhone, you watch this filth on your computer. Well, it's just entertainment. No, it's sin. It's sin. Spiritual adultery. Whoring after idols and other gods. Spiritual adultery is probably one of the worst. Our churches are full of people. Wives and husbands. They're staying together for the kids. You're going to ask me privately what I think about that. But in James chapter 4 and verse 4, God said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. That's not talking about being good to your lost neighbor. It's not talking about that. It's talking about because you don't want to lose that friendship you participate in their sin. Have you ever had somebody come in? One old school buddy came to our house about eight or nine years ago. I was glad to see him. I was glad to see the young lady that she's married to. So he raised the boot up, got a case of beer, headed to the house. I said, no. No beer in my house. Oh, come on. We haven't seen each other for 20. You keep acting like that, it'll be another 20. And it won't bother me a bit. When I let beer come in my house, I'm putting my approval up on it. Preach it, preacher. You don't drink beer in my house. You don't cuss in my house. And you don't damn your wife. You ought to be lucky you got one. That's what the Holy Spirit feels about us as we go through each day, struggling with sin and end up committing it. I even get on to those I love. (laughs) Probably, I I don't know. You know. What's that show where they have one girl and 14 men, she's trying to find a husband? She's sleeping with everybody. Oh, I just love that show. It's so romantic. It's filth. Can you say it? Filth. So that's on your business. You're right. So in the privacy of your home, if you want to watch filth, that's between you and God. I may not have time this morning, but I'll get her. You don't be in the bride watching filth. But that doesn't bother most people because most Christians don't believe in the Baptist bride. You know what that kind of bride is it? How many churches has Christ built? He started a Baptist church. He had a Baptist preacher. He had authority from God. And he preached the word. Amen. 
we need to we need to understand that. In time we Christians it's time we Christians protect our lives from corrupt, from being run, from serving and loving the world and not God. We need to love God. Entirely different than she used to be. Used to be a soul woman, sinful, like the woman at the well in John 4. But you know what that woman at the well did? After God saved her, she went into town and witnessed. That woman that was the low scum of the earth, when God saved her, she went into town. It would be amazing when I get to heaven and find out just how many people God used for that streetwalker to influence people. See, we don't want to not to come. I'm good to them. I preach to them. I love them. Can't love them in Christ because they're not in Christ. But I love them enough to preach the word to them. How much do you love your lost family that, that you won't preach to them? Well, ever since Carl's up, well, that doesn't mean you have a few empty seats at Thanksgiving. Entirely different than she used to be. She used to be a soul woman, sinful, like the woman at the well in John 4, abandoned by all her lovers, you know. And that's the big thing. People are afraid to believe what I believe, even though deep down they believe what I believe, but they don't want to be identified with what I believe. You know, other than the church and my immediate family, I don't have no friends. Because if you're my friend, you would let me come to your house. You would let me drink beer in your house. We could watch movies together in your house. No, did you come to see me or did you come because I've got all the channels? Did you watch a football game without drinking beer? Why am I preaching to the choir? Because the choir has children and grandchildren. Don't tell me that you love them if you don't want to set an example. I told one on Facebook the other day, she said, you don't grow out of it. I said, well, you mean I'll get old enough that I don't want to preach anymore? That ain't going to happen. Even after I'm dead, I'm going to be preaching in glory. You never stop loving God because you're old. You don't stop loving God because everybody thinks you're cuckoo. Well, if they think you're cuckoo, you should be yourself. <laughs> don't have to worry about what somebody's going to think. That don't bother me a bit. The only person that I'm concerned that knows me and, and knows what I really am is God, and he does.
the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, 10 through 20, is not just an individual. It is a challenge to the whole church. Mark that down. Read it this afternoon. Proverbs 31, 10 through 20. It is a challenge to the whole church. She, she is all glorious within. I mean, it is example after example after example in the Word of God what we should be. We ought to have a desire, a strong desire. Proverbs 31, verse 10. What does God say? Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her (coughs) so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She's sick of wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. I mean, just read that whole chapter. It'll bless you. It'll bless you. She is all glorious. She's all glorious. I'm telling you, you ought to copy yourself after that woman in the book of Proverbs. Then in the book of Psalms 31. Psalms, no, excuse me, Psalms 45. Psalms 45, beginning with verse 13 and 14. God said, The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrath gold. She shall be brought into the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto there. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Don't you want to be in the bride of Christ? Eager for the wedding day. He is eager. Psalms. Solemn. 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 She needs to be ready right now. Revelation 19.7. She needs to be wearing the clothes of righteousness right now. Revelation 19.8. She is busy inviting everyone to come along. Revelation twenty two seventeen. 
she is beautiful, made beautiful by her soon-to-be husband. Isaiah 61.10. See, Jesus makes me, if I'm a Christian, if I'm a born-again Christian, trying my very best to follow God, he makes me look good. Nothing as sweet, you know. And we've had some, we've had some beautiful women in this church. I mean, down through the years, we've had some beautiful. Some of you don't even know who I'm talking about now, but I know that. I think Lennon, Brendan, maybe and Tracy. I'm not sure when they came in, but Sister Wilson, poor little sister. Jennifer like that. And she did her own housework. She sewed. She's in church every Sunday. Sister Reed, Sister Maud Arnold. I mean, I would go on and on. Those are the precious jewels in the church. They may not always agree with every point I had, but you never knew it. Oh, they would tell me, but they wouldn't tell nobody else. You know why? Because that will get you on the Lord's bad side. Didn't he say in the New Testament, touch not my anointing? 